Hello and welcome to the I Am Woman Project, where every week we have deep thought-provoking and interesting conversations with thought leaders, change instigators, rule breakers and creative minds who think differently, sparking creativity and inspiration. Our special guests on our show cover a variety of topics just for you, and they share their personal stories to inspire, motivate and empower you, our listener. The I Am Woman podcast is produced for your enjoyment and show notes are found at www.iamwomanproject.com.au. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favourite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter at I Am Woman Project and Facebook. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get into the show. Today we have the amazing raw beauty queen, Kemi Nekvapul. Kemi is a life coach and a speaker who has lived an extraordinary life. She was a British TV star, acted with the Royal Shakespeare Company and has worked as a chef in top London restaurants. She became a yoga teacher in India, met her husband in Thailand and moved to Australia where she pioneered the raw food movement and then established her coaching business, Raw Beauty Queen as well as raising two fully self-expressed children. She has also studied happiness in Bhutan, runs marathons, and for the whole of 2015, she traveled around Australia with her family in a caravan. Kemi loves to connect with women in a way that allows them to create lives that honor and nourish them. She believes a woman's unique beauty comes from who she is and the action she chooses to take. Kemi is the author of Raw Beauty, The Seven Principles to Nourish Your Body, Transform Your Mind, and Create the Life You Want. I'm sure you're going to love this interview, so sit back and tune in to this inspirational individual. Welcome to the show, Kemi Nekvapil. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you on board. <laughs> so we were having a bit of a chat um, and uh, and I know that you and I have been talking for some time about you travelling around Australia. Do you want to maybe take us through a bit of your journey over the last 12 months? Oh, my goodness. But you said we only have half an hour. That's right. Um, <laughs> so, yes, my family and I, so my husband and my son who just turned 12 and my daughter who just turned 10. So when we left, they were 9 and 11. And we spent 385 days on the road and covered 52,000 kilometers. We had a caravan and a land cruiser. And we worked out that we probably spent about six months in the caravan. The rest of the time, we were either in a big family tent um, doing four-wheel drive adventures around the place, or we were hiking. So we did quite a few sort of six, seven-day hikes, um, or we were staying at other people's houses, kind of volunteering on farms or that sort of thing. So um, it was a an incredible experience for all of us, the resilience and the resourcefulness and the independence that our children now have from that trip is incredible. And also, I think for myself and my husband, just being very clear on what it is that we're doing on the planet, why we're here Um, And it also just gave us so many incredible experiences with each other, you know, actually within our relationship and looking at the dynamic of our marriage and looking at the dynamic of our family and, yeah, lots of treasures and gifts that we didn't expect, which is what one of the beauty of one of the beauties of travel 
is that you kind of just have to throw yourself in and be open to what comes and there's always something great even from the most challenging experiences. So it was an incredible year. We got back four months ago and reintegrating into Melbourne has looked different for each of us but I can say that we're finally settled now. So how, that, that must be interesting being away. Um, what a wonderful and amazing experience. And it sounds like it actually brought you closer together. But then to come back to this kind of, we were talking about before, like how do you spend your week? How, how, how did, it obviously would have taken some, di- some time to adapt back into that, you know, uh, how, what you do on a Monday, what you do on a Tuesday, what you do on a uh, – I'd love you to share with our listeners uh, what you shared with me. What did your week look like? So I I just have to quickly say that I only focused on two things when we got back from the trip and one was to find myself an incredible EA, an executive assistant, because I knew that for me to have someone that was sort of behind the scenes getting everything sorted would mean that I could do what I love the most, which is coaching, writing and speaking, and then to get the children settled back into school. They were my focuses. Um, And for a few years now, actually about four years, my week has looked the same. But as a creative, I do like, you know, there's creativity within there. So as I was sharing with you, Monday is my admin day. So my assistant comes in on a Monday and we're together brainstorming and just looking at the week and what it is we need to create or what is it we need to complete. Um, Tuesdays and Thursdays are when I coach. Um, So then I, you know, I'm coaching all days, Tuesdays and Thursdays. On Wednesdays, I write. And on Friday, I have an inspiration day. So an inspiration day for me is anything that I am inspired to do when I wake up on the Friday morning. Occasionally, very rarely, that actually has been work, as in the form of writing. Um, But usually, it's actually pottering around my garden. I'm a big gardener. Um, or it can be meeting a girlfriend for lunch, or it can just be walking around the streets of Melbourne, maybe a little bit of shopping, maybe watching a movie, um, whatever I feel inspired to do on a Friday. And that sets me up. Being a life coach, it's important for me to sort of have space to be in life um, and then to be able to, you know, to then share that with my clients because it gives me more energy. The more I filled my cup, the more I have to give to my clients. I love Inspiration Day. I mean, I have one. I don't call it my Inspiration Day, but I have my Writing Day, which is a Sunday. Right. And I guess that's my Inspiration Day. But it's, yes. it's always I come into my space and I I love to write. I play music. I like candles. Yes. And sometimes I might just pick up a book off my shelf, open up a page, and, you know, the first thing that stands out for me, I'll think, well, that's what I'm going to write about. Oh, so it could be an Inspiration Day, but I just love the fact that you've actually labelled it You've named it inspiration. Well, I'm gonna steal. I'm gonna. I'm gonna use that for something on my inspiration. I love the idea of opening up a book and seeing what's there. I think that's that's great. Yeah, I I, I did. I started doing that because I thought to myself, I don't believe in writer's block, and I mm. thought to myself, it's 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 either you've got a block because you've got to you I've got to work out how you're going to get through it, around it, or over it. And so for me, it's about movement. So I move away from my desk where I'm writing, and I might do a bit of a stretch, and then I'll look at a book, and it just it just happened naturally. I picked up a book and I just opened up a page and I just looked into it and the first thing that stood out for me was what resonated with me and I went oh okay I'll write about Mm. that and then I just I continued to do that for the last couple of years and it's really helped me with um, you know I write a lot of blogs which I love to to do and I've completed my book after almost two and a half years of writing it congratulations which oh it took me I talk about procrastination wow (laughs) I, I, I learned a lot about myself and it was quite Quite a journey, quite a journey, which you've done yourself, your uh, Raw yes. Beauty Queen yes, book. Yes, Beauty book is, is, is out into the world as well. And it does, 
you know, it does take a, I don't know, I, you know, I, I know quite a few writers that are either are, are novelists or um, writing for newspapers or articles or blog posts and we all have different ways of working and all have different ways of writing. And because I do thrive on some form of structure, I was very structured about how I was going to get the book out because, as you know, it takes, it takes, it takes a lot. It literally takes um, the, the sheer focus and it takes sacrifice, it takes determination. And I was, do you know what I basically did? I basically wind and dine myself around Melbourne for sort of, so I wrote the book in 2014. And for the first three months, I said to my assistant at the time, I'm basically just going to have every single lunch I need to have, meet people, hang out, do stuff. And then no one's going to see me for two months until I finish this book. And that's it. So don't book me in for anything because that is my main focus and that had been I'd been writing it on and off for a couple of years as well but I just knew I definitely want this book finished and so I just hold myself up and and did it I did that towards the end. I yeah. think I, I, I've been dabbling in it and then I put it aside and I left it for months and I went back to it and I left it for months. And uh, it was finally, it wasn't uh, a lady that actually helped me edit my book. She was actually keeping me. She's like, okay, you just got to do it. You just got to complete yeah. it. Yeah. And so we, I, I put a deadline on it and um, it went just a little bit over. But it helped me create that momentum and, and continue to work through it because I think going through it too, there was some of my my stuff was coming up so not only was I writing stuff it's like my I had to deal with my stuff coming up as well so it was um it was quite therapeutic in the end Uh, I think that I would do it differently next time that's for sure because it was a big lesson for me so how would you do it differently I think I'd I'd probably have more structure and more planned uh, and I think I plan it of uh, what I think I did it sort of uh, organically so I was just it was you know I, I started writing what I was feeling and I went I was writing with my emotions initially mm. and I think that uh, then it, when I just wrote a whole lot of stuff it's like well how do I put all this together and then I gave it structure so I did it the other way around I think I should have planned first have a structure and then and then, uh, you know, build into the structure. But I did it. I just went completely creative and just whatever I was feeling on that day <laughs> was what I was meant to write and that's how I did it. And it's very artistic, I know, but it wasn't probably, probably that's probably why, A, it took me so long. There was no yes. real structure. Yes. And, um, and I just went with, my, with the flow. You know, it might be good for some, but I don't think maybe that's probably why it took me so long. Well, it's, in, it's interesting actually just hearing you speak about that because there are so many parallels there just with the coaching process. So, you know, that idea of, you know, how do I feel? But when we use just our feelings to decide whether or not we're going to pursue a goal or move towards something that it is that we want, if we are basing it on our feelings, the chances of it getting done are pretty slim. Um, where, but if we decide that actually, no, I am committed to this regardless of my feelings, then that's when things can really start to shift. And within that, though, there's flexibility and there's creativity because we can have a plan, but sometimes the biggest lessons are learned when it doesn't go to plan, but some other magic comes out at the other end, you know, or you get what you asked for or get what you were hoping for with an extra learning or an extra level um, that you were never hoping for 
Absolutely. And I think it's one of those things like, you know, it's interesting because I do write and I know that you write also for a lot of different publishers and, and, and it's interesting because some of them have got their own style and they'll, they'll come back and I'll say, why don't you, you know, why don't you try writing it like this? So, it, it, you know, I felt like uh, it was great constructive feedback, but then it wasn't writing in my style. And I think we there is no right and wrong way to write. I think no. everyone has their own style. And yeah. I think that's why people get caught up on how to, you know, they do these courses. I know there's, some of my friends have been writing and have written many books. Uh, they do all these courses. You know, they spend a fortune mm. and um, it doesn't really do do anything different. And, I mean, they're still in the same position. They're not – they haven't, you know – sold one million books or the yes. bestseller or whatever that yes. may be um and it's i think about just remain authentic just be yourself it can be an interesting thing though that you know we we do have that inner need i think and, and especially women the kind of i'm not good enough so it's if i do another course then i'll be good enough or if i you know if if i know more if i know more information then i will make the move if i just do it a little bit longer then i will make the move and actually the only thing that has us make the move is making the move <laughs> There's nothing, there's nothing else. There's, oh. We actually just have to take action and then be with, it may not be perfect, be with, I might have to tweak it, be with, it may fail, but there is something so incredible when we have the courage to take the action. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's, I, I was, I was, oh God, years, I used to go all over the place, like, especially in the, in the US. I used to do, you name any course, I've done them. Yeah, right. And I've spent a fortune. If I, if I look back and how much I've spent, spent I, over the years in studying, uh, and it's that same thing. It's that, you know, am I smart enough? Am I good enough? Do I have mm. enough for knowledge? Yes. Am I worthy of, of, yes. of, you know, you know, whatever that may be. Um, and you know, all of this information is useless if you don't act on it. Yeah. If absolutely. you actually don't put it to, into action, then it's, it's pointless. That information and all that knowledge is, it's pointless. Yeah, it's absolutely. a waste of money. Absolutely. And I think sometimes some of these companies thrive on knowing that many of the people are not going to take action anyway. Mm, very true. Very yeah. true. Yeah. So, Kimmy, just what drives you? What gets you up in the morning? gets me up in the morning what gets me up in the morning actually I was sharing with a client today that my my sort of big vision is to have every woman on the planet love herself and be able to acknowledge herself for why she's here and to contribute what she's here for a very big dream I don't imagine it's going to be done in my lifetime um but that's what gets me up what gets me up in the morning is knowing that a conversation can change somebody's complete vision of their life and their role in it Oh, absolutely. And and so, you know, when you're talking about that, do you find that obviously being a life coach, and I was saying this just, just before in a conversation, that uh, I find that, you know, it's isn't funny, but like when you're coaching, I find that there's a lot of the times there's that mirror in front of me and it's almost like exactly what I need to hear for myself. Do you have those experiences? Oh, it's such an incredible, I was, I was actually saying, because I, I have a coach, you know, that's the sort of thing for a coach to have a coach, a little bit, it'll be a little bit like a doctor not going to a doctor. Um, you know, the reason I have a coach is because coaching works. It moves you towards things. It, it un, you know, unveils obstacles that you may know are there, but generally we don't know are there. And it's incredible that sometimes my clients will come to, you know, come to their session and they'll say something. I'll be like, oh, yeah, actually, <laughs> you know, either, oh, yeah, I haven't got that. I need to sort that out, actually. I haven't thought about that for a little while or where am I up to with that or, oh, that's how I was feeling yesterday or exactly. It's an amazing energetic exchange the coaching process. I think it, in, in some ways it's very intangible. People get confused about what coaching is compared to therapy or counselling or, you know, psychotherapy. And so 
Um, but that sort of synergy that can happen between the coachee and the coaching client is incredible. Oh, yeah, and it's very, you know, they're very different when you're talking about, you know, someone like mentoring. Mentoring would be somebody like to me would be a soundboard. It would be somebody that I, you know, would talk about my business and they might give me advice. Or yes. I think the best mentor I've had in my time has been somebody that has always responded my question with a question. Yes. Which has allowed me to deep dive and go, okay, well, how would I do that if I was in his shoes or her shoes? Uh, which I use that technique a lot myself now because I can see that the learnings uh, I took from it and it, it actually did really move me forward uh, very quickly. Well, because I believe as well that we all have exact, we all have everything we need to create whatever it is that we want. We just don't necessarily know it. And sometimes we're just in that kind of crazy hamster wheel of life that we don't even have the space to think about what it is we want, how we're going to do it, um, and, you know, what the impact of our life and our experience has been. And I think that for coaching, it's always, you know, good coaches always go in with, you You have everything that you need already. It's just that I am here to, you know, sometimes as a sounding board, but also to ask you questions that allow you to dive deeper into your resourcefulness to get the answers that you need to take you forward. Yeah, I call myself a tour guide. I always say you oh, have perfect. all the resources that perfect. you have. All yes. the resources are inside you. You you yes. have all the resources. Just, I'm, I'm just a tour guide. I'm just yep. going to be probing with questions That's right. and you're going to come to that resolution yourself. You know, and I make that clear right right from the start because sometimes people come and they have this understanding that a coaching relationship is about you know they're going to give you the uh, the advice, they're going to yeah. help you on your way, yes. and it's completely the other way around. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's really just probing, and I I think to me that's the best part of our job. Really, it's about seeing people thrive and coming to that aha moment or that insight on their own. On their own, absolutely, absolutely. But it's so funny though, sometimes synergy because sometimes people will say, "Oh, thank you for that." It's like, no, I, I didn't, I didn't, I just asked you a question. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, I had a, a a client actually. It was just today, and and she came to the call. I said, "What would you like to, you know, what would you like to speak about this session?" She goes, "Oh, I just, I don't know, you know." And um, and I said, "Oh, okay. Well, just tell me how your week's been going." And and from that, you know, we sort of got into what it was that she wanted. She came. She goes, "I just don't know how to do that." I asked her another question, and then she goes, "Oh my goodness, I've just realised." And then she just listed like you know seven things that would take her basically to the fulfilment of her goal. But she, you know, seven minutes before that, she felt she had no idea. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. That's and amazing. and Kimmy, if you don't mind me asking, what's maybe just one of those things? And, and I get asked this question quite a lot. What would be one of those things that is most common that people come to speak to you about? Just one topic that kind of oh, really resonates or stands out. Good question. So because my um, clients are all women, I would actually say that many women are working out how to find time for themselves and their passion projects without guilt and apology. Mm. And, and the other one would be finding their per passion and their purpose. So spending many years giving their energy to others, either children or partners or jobs, and realizing they don't have anything left for themselves and wanting to kind of re-find and reclaim who they are now with their experience. Yeah, yeah. I, ha I have to agree with that. It's it's and it's as simple as you know what is it that you want out of yes. life, and they don't yes. even know how to answer that know. because That's they right. have been so selfless. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And the and I, I speak a lot when I'm speaking about this idea of martyrdom, and I always ask the question, you know, who here had martyr mothers? And people put their hands up, and I say, keep your hand up if that served you. 
having a mother that was a martyr and no one ever keeps their hand up. And, and then that becomes a kind of mirror for them to realise, oh, me playing this kind of selfless role actually doesn't serve me and it doesn't serve my family. And it definitely, for those of us that are mothers of daughters, it does not serve our daughters. No, it's so true. Very so we're true. showing them how to look after themselves or not. <laughs> yeah, very true. Yeah. So, Kimmy, what's the best part of your job? You sound like you have lots of fun. I have, I do. I have lots of fun. And look, to be honest, I'm in some ways, some people might consider me, I only do three things. I only coach, speak and write. And I love doing all of those things equally. So I feel very blessed that I'm at a point in my life where I have created a life that completely nourishes and inspires me. Um, I love working from home. I work from home. And like I said, I'm an avid gardener. So you know, I can just go out and just be in the garden at any moment I want, which fills me up, you know, in between client, uh, just to go out in nature. And um, it, it just gives me a sense of energy and a sense of gratitude every single day for the position that I'm in. Oh, and it's very grounding too. Oh, it is. It absolutely mm. is. Because sometimes people come, you know, you don't know, like you're saying, you know, we're the tour guides. And sometimes people go to some really tough places and you do need to just go out and just have a little, ah, you know, um, and just see if that's triggered anything in you or is there anything that you need to do, just kind of move that energy off so that you can then be present, 100% present for the next client. Um, I also have an incredible neighborhood as well. I have incredible neighbors um, that are friends. And so that's nice as well to just be able to, you know, they'll come and knock on the door or I'll just pop in and say hi to them. Um, so, yeah, I, I, as I said earlier before we were talking that for me having quite introverted tendencies, I need a lot of time on my own. Um, it, it works really well for me that, you know, my husband and two children are off most of the day and I get to have the house and, you know, and my office and my space to myself. And then they all come piling in at around four, six o'clock and then it's craziness until we all go to bed. Wow. That's amazing. Um, so I've got to ask you, with the benefits of hindsight, what would you have done differently in your life or career? Oh, my goodness. What an interesting question. Mm. Now, this is quite a tough one for me because actually I'm not someone that really has regrets. In hindsight, what would I uh, – actually, do you know what I would have done? I would have got out of acting when I felt it. So in hindsight, I know that we do everything when we're ready, that, you know, you can't make someone do something when they're not ready. But I had a very successful career as an actor in England and I stayed in that profession profession for 18 months longer than I wanted to because of other people's wants and needs and desires for me. And I, that was stronger than, you know, I felt, well, they must be right. You know, obviously I'm stupid to give up the sort, the sort of job that, you know, many people aspire for. Um, and the kind of trappings that come with that, why would I give that up? How incredibly ungrateful. So I held in there, held in there, held in there. But it really cost me my happiness and my sense of self. So if I was to have any regret, maybe I would have wished that I'd left earlier. But if I'd have left earlier, I wouldn't have met my husband. So that's what I mean, you know, there are actually no regrets. No, and everything happens for a reason. I just find you quite an amazing uh, and mysterious and intriguing woman. I do. It's like, you know, TV star, you're a writer, you're a speaker, you're a coach, you're very inspiring. And when you're talking about writing, are you writing your second book? Uh, I know you do a lot of blog writing for Huffington Post and a weekly columnist for SBS Life. Are you looking at writing a second book? 
I am. I, I loved the book writing process. I remember literally I wrote the last word and thought, I cannot wait for the next one. Um, it hasn't come to me yet. So I don't know. I've never, you know, I'm in, I'm in a unique position, I suppose, for myself, for my own life experience. I've never written a book and then, okay, where does the second one come from? So I don't know how that looks. There's part of me because I'm a creative that it will come to me one day when I'm running or when I'm meditating or when I'm gardening or I don't know, when I'm doing something. Um, sometimes I get a title in my head and just kind of sit with that for a little while and then I just go, nah, it's not that. You know, I, I know that it will consume me physically when I know what the title is. And I will probably start with a title, actually. So that's probably, I'd start with a title before content. That's just kind of how I work, I think. Is that how you did your first one? Was that just the title? Yeah. Like Raw Beauty and it's yep. all about blind. Yep. And you, yeah, okay. Seven business to nourish your body, transform your mind and create the life you want. So then that came from that. And actually... Thinking about it, when it comes to my blog post or when I'm, when I'm writing for various clients, it's always the title that comes first. Oh, okay. Actually, isn't that interesting? I hadn't really thought about it. That's my process. I get a title first and then I start writing. Oh, that's interesting. So I, for me, it's the other way around. It was content and then okay. the title came later. So isn't that funny? The thought of that just makes my head go scrambled. Oh, I, I, I mean, like, and this, it goes back to our conversation. There yeah. is no right and wrong way. No I think it's just, and I, I think if anything, that's this is because um, I've heard so many podcasts, so many, I've read so many blogs, and you know, I have so many friends that are writers as well. It's like you hear about this is how you should do it, this is what you should yeah. not do, and it's so refreshing having this conversation. It's just you know, and I, I love the fact that you were very structured. Like you, you had your title, you knew what you were going to do. You obviously mapped it out. It sounds like you're very processed and very organized. I am organized. I could probably be more efficient, but I, I, I do thrive on a bit of organization, I have to say. Yes. Yeah, I can tell just by, by what, how you were describing your process. Right. Yeah. And, and it's interesting. Like sometimes I was just thinking, I think the title for me is kind of the pin. It's kind of the, okay, that's the starting point. And then I start writing from that title. But sometimes, depending on where I go, sometimes the title changes, but it always starts with a title. Mm, I love that. It's funny, I've never voiced that before. It's going to be interesting now when I start writing to see whether that changes it or not. Do you have a journal? Oh, yes. Yes, so just free oh, handwriting, just let things Free handwriting yeah. every single morning. I have this thing called, and I'm not sure who coined it this name, The Hour of Power. I think it was Tony Robbins. I'm not sure. I read it once somewhere, and I can't think of a better name. I'd like to sort of not have it so like, you know, like, um, so in the morning I wake up and I do 20 minutes of, unconscious writing 20 minutes of yoga and 20 minutes of journaling and I know that the journaling is a very big part of how I write my articles as well um, that I sort of write them from the title and then I don't edit I don't look at them until I go back to read them again at the beginning and then see what's there what what what, what I'm going to edit or what I'm going to run with but it kind of comes unconsciously to begin with Right, and, and so, Kimmy, with your writing, is that something you've always done? Is it? Did you, uh, you know, do some courses on writing? How did you um, become to love writing so much and be so good at it? I started writing. That was it. Okay. I, I started writing. Look, I had I had diaries and journals from a very young age. I, I used to write diaries, dear diaries, sort of stuff. He doesn't love me, and I thought he did, kind of stuff, angsty. And I used to write a lot of really bad songs as well in my teens. Um, 
And then I, I didn't write so much. I've always been creative. So for me, it actually became very much about craft. So I've always been a big knitter and sewer and that sort of thing. So that's probably where it went. And then when I started my website, when I started Kemi's Raw Kitchen, I started writing recipes. And then from there, I sort of wanted to create some stories around those recipes. And then people would ask me to write articles for blogs. So I started writing there. By then, I'd really started a strong journal practice. And then people started to ask me to write for them. And then people asked me to write for them professionally. And it's and it's 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 not something that if you'd have told me as a child or even 15 years ago that you're going to be a professional writer that I would would have believed anyone. And so, what kind of things do you write about? If you don't mind me asking, what do I write about? So at the moment, um, at the moment, I'm writing a series of articles for SBS Life, and that's about my trip to begin with. Um, just sharing some of the experiences and connections and and um, just some of the, the the latest one I've written actually it's not gone up yet but it's actually about the the ideas I had in my head about people that I might meet on the trip and that although we like to think that we're not judgmental and we're not prejudiced and we don't have these ideas when we meet people the reality is that we all do but I think the question is whether we're able to change those judgments when it happens so I had this idea that the further you know, the further into the outback we got or the further away from metropolitan cities in Australia we'd get, um, maybe the more prejudice that we would experience, um, especially me as a black woman and also my children who are mixed. Um, And that just wasn't the experience at all. You know, it just wasn't the experience at all. So that was my last article that I wrote for SBS. And then then I write coaching pieces for places like Women in Focus, and then that's, you know, literally sort of looking at where are you stopping yourself? What are your obstacles? What tools do you have in your toolbox? toolbox? Mm. And I just share from that place. Oh, I love it. Absolutely love it. So, Kemi, what's the greatest lesson that you have ever learned? The greatest lesson I have ever learned, I was very blessed to learn it when I was 16 years old. I was the only black girl in an all-white school. All of my friends had boyfriends. I was, which, you know, it matters at that age when everyone's got a boyfriend and you don't. And I remember looking in the mirror after physical education because we were all getting changed or something. I remember looking at myself in the mirror and I got this divine download, which basically said, if you keep comparing yourself to other people, you will never be happy. And it just landed. So from that age, I've never ever compared myself with anybody else I've just done the best I can with what I have at the time I'm also a ferocious learner though and I'm kind of an I love learning it takes me I probably read one novel a year and I love it when I read it but I'm a non-fiction girl (laughs) through and through um and so that was probably the biggest gift for me that um to never compare myself to anybody else and you shouldn't because you're absolutely gorgeous and you're very unique and authentic. I just, I remember the first time I saw you, I thought, you what a beautiful woman. Oh, thank you. And then once I've gotten to know you, it's inside and out. <laughs> thank you very much. That's very, um, very humbling. Thank you. Yeah, you're most welcome. So, Kimmy, you, you're really chilled back and you really, to, to me, I think you're quite inspirational. So, does anything keep you up at night? Yes. <laughs> I'm currently training for a 100-kilometer race, which I don't like saying too often because the more I say it, the more real it becomes. Um, and so what's keeping me up at night at the moment is some really weird twinges in my lower body, mainly my knees, my calves, my ankles, and the soles of my feet. Um, so that is currently keeping me up at night. But my coach has told me, I have a separate running coach, um, has told me that this is normal when you decide to run a ridiculous amount of kilometers in one day and that I should just 
get used to it. So that's what I'm, that's what I'm doing and not sort of thinking, oh, my goodness, I've broken my foot. Um, so that's what's keeping me up at night at the moment. So I gather you do lots of running. I do do a lot. Well, I'm doing more running now than I've ever done in my life. I um, started running at 37. I'm now 42. I started with one kilometer and in September I'll be running 100 kilometers. So it's small, small actions repeated is where change happens. What, what is this race? It's not Oxfam, is it, the 100 kilometers? No, it's not. No, that's already happened actually this year. A few of my friends did that running. Um, no, it's actually called the Surf Coast Century. It's um, along the coast, so it's, you know, Great Ocean Road, Anglesey, Torquay. Um, and actually there was kind of an unofficial training run uh, this past Sunday, so a few of us met and we ran on sand for half a kilometre and at one point I had to wade through the ocean up to our breasts which we hadn't expected and had to run another 17 kilometers completely drenched. But it was incredible, the sense of community, the sense of what human potential has and that no one can really decide for you what your potential is. Only we can do that as individuals. Well, it's amazing. I mean, I've done Oxfam about five times and I didn't, oh, wow. run, I didn't run that though. But, and I used to run quite a lot. Yes. I used to do like half marathons and all the fun runs because I just, I love the fact that when I uh, signed up for one, it gave me a goal. So I worked yeah. towards it. So, and Absolutely. I kept doing that. Absolutely. But obviously, with age, lots of dancing, lots of running, my knee, um, I'm not about to go and have an operation on my knee. So now I know I'm limited. I can only do small runs, but uh, 100 kilometers, my gosh, I take my hat off to you. <laughs> well, look, take your hat off when I've done it, if I do it. And that's the thing. It's, there's something, there's something about, putting 100% into something, not knowing if you're going to succeed. And then it does become about the journey. Like I'm learning so much about myself, how I cope with stress, how I cope with tiredness, how I, um, you know, little things. Like I am not a fan of going fast down hills, you know, so I have to practice running down hills and not holding on and just that feeling of what it feels like to actually let go. And then it's like, oh, well, I'm holding on to my body because of this. Where else am I holding on in my life? Where else am I not letting go? Where else am I scared? So for me, it's a direct correlation. You know, I know in this race, I'm going to want to stop many, many, many times. And the question is not, you know, will you want to stop? The question is, are you going to stop? Yeah, and it's, it is. It's, once I think that you know, from my experience, and I wasn't running it, but the, even the hundred kilometer walk, it's it's a state of mind. I think it it's, is. Once your body, there's a there's a there's a there's a, there is a time because we did it with no sleep. Yes. Uh, so it was, uh, you know, you have forty eight hours to complete it. I think our best time was twenty seven. Right. And, but you have to do it with a team, and so for me, it was, uh, you know, once your body gives up at one stage, and then yes. it's, a, it's all a mental game. It's all a mental game. And so Absolutely. it's about you know keep moving forward keep moving forward having the end in mind so I, for me it was always visualizing I was going to get through that finish line no matter what no matter what that's exactly right I need to ask you were you giggling when you weren't sleeping was there was there kind I of like was hysterical giggles? Look, I was hallucinating yeah. I was oh, seeing leprechauns <laughs> I saw an alligator in the dark oh uh, my forest goodness. oh yes what? it was hilarious like yes. it was like almost that you were drunk because yeah. we had no sleep Yes, and um, you've got to keep moving and using your body. Normally, if we're tired, we go to bed, but you just had to keep going. That's, that's so right. Funny. Yeah. And the very first time we did it, we had something like the hottest day in six months. So people were just dropping off like flies. Mm. Yes. And then we had this massive rain that was pouring down. So we got covered in mud and rain. So it, it was, look, it was fun. When I look back now, and it, every year I did it, I was like, I'll never do that again. 
And yes. then a, a couple of girls got together and go, come on, we need one more person. And, of course, I'm like, okay. But I think after five times, it's like, no, no more. I've had no, enough. Now you've got to look for the 200-kilometre walk or something like that. No, 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 no. I think it's my, my fun run days are over. That's fair. That's fair enough. And it's an interesting thing as well because it's it's a new another new part of it for me is I have to be very mindful of my fuels. I've only ever run my marathons on dates, bananas, and coconut water, and I was told very clearly that's not going to get you through a hundred. Um, so I'm having to now sort of research products, looking you know using watches and times, which just isn't how I run. I run because I love it, and I just run until I don't want to run anymore. Then I stop. But now it's kind of very it's it's become more technical, yeah. um, which is. Which is interesting, you know, like it's um, it's just another thing that I, I haven't known to do before now. So now I'm giving it a go. And at the end of this race, I'll decide whether or not I want to run 100 or whether I want to go back to, you know, to less. I think I will definitely stick to trails now over bitumen, over the road. Um, it's a very different community, the trail running community to the road community. Um, and also it is a lot less impact on your joints running on, you know, sand, soil, leaves in the forest, that sort of thing. So, oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think that too, that, um, a good fuel is fat. So coconut, uh, coconut oil, oil. Yeah, yeah, is really good. Even yeah. butter, you know, like high fats yeah, is a great fuel for, uh, especially if you're running. Absolutely. So Kimmy, if I was to ask you to pick one word that described your personal brand, what would be that one word? empowering mm. yeah I could see that there's a difference for me very much a difference for me between inspiring and empowering for me inspiring is seeing something or feeling something thinking oh that's nice oh I'm inspired but that doesn't necessarily have you take action so for me empowered means that you are inspired and then you are inspired and the empowerment comes from taking an action Otherwise, it just becomes a really great insight or it's a nice experience. Wasn't that inspiring? Everyone talked about how inspiring it was or he was or she was, but nothing shifts. So it, things shift when we take action. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Empowerment or empowered, like you're empowering, but you're empowering people, yes. but you're talking about action too. Yeah, absolutely. And to just never leave my clients disempowered. And that's what we were talking about earlier, that actually the client has everything they need. It's just that they may not have access to it yet as opposed to I have everything you need and I'm going to impart onto you, you know, what it is because, you know, actually none of us know, you know, we know ourselves better than anyone else can know us. Yeah, absolutely. And I always say, you know, I don't have all the answers. No. And I'm really, you know, for me sometimes I don't have all the answers, but it's it's interesting that uh, we do really have all the answers. It's just a matter of deep diving and finding those answers. But you know, when you're when you're coaching, it's it's like I don't ever say I'm an expert, or I don't ever no. say that I know it all because I don't. No, because we're all human beings on a journey, and so that we're and we're, we've all we've all either been somewhere, you know, or we're going to the same place, or we're in the same place. So. It, it, the the idea that you know I I love this idea actually someone I, I heard this or read this recently that you, and I remember hearing it many many years ago do you know how you hear things and, and you just don't really hear it at that time and then you hear it again you're like oh oh my goodness I cannot believe I've just heard that yeah um, and that was this idea that everyone you meet has something to teach you everyone and to go out into the world which I have been for the last few months with just that on my mind all the time everyone has something to teach you has been really eye opening. Yeah, yeah, and I, you know, it's it's one of those things that I've uh, trained myself to do is that what have you learned uh, today, Catherine? And I say that, and I'm open with 
you know, my classes, with my coaching sessions, that I learn from you as much as vice versa. Yes, that's right. You know, and so, and I have that open mind that what am I, what have I learned from today? And that's my piece at, at the end of the, you know, my day is my piece of reflection is yes. what was my learnings out of today? Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. So, Kimmy, as we always do, we wrap up the show with um, asking our beautiful uh, guests uh, to share three gold nuggets with our listeners. So what would be your three gold nuggets that you would like to share or give to our listeners? Um, I think the first one would be that you are enough. We are all enough. We were from the moment that we were born, which means that you are ready now, which means that you are worthy now and there's nothing to wait for. I think would be number one. Um, I think number two would be life is incredibly short. And there are things that we will put off and put off and put off and put off. And it reminds me of the beautiful phrase by Bronnie Ware, which actually which I've written in my book, where she says she, she goes and speaks to the, um, she, to the palliative care nurse and she asks the elderly and the dying, what were the five biggest regrets of their life? And the overwhelming number one was, I wish I had courage to live the life that I'd wanted to live and not the life that I thought others wanted for me. So definitely life is short. And what would be my third? My third would be contribute. Contribute to yourself and contribute to others because as women especially, we can contribute to others because we know that they're worthy of our time and energy and yet we don't always turn that contribution back to ourselves. So give to yourself and love yourself would be my third nugget. And, you know, no, I don't even mean love yourself. I mean... Take small actions daily that demonstrate love for yourself because self-love can be very hard for people depending on where they've come from. So it's not like go and love yourself because that's not what I mean. What I mean is take actions daily that nourish your experience of love for yourself. Oh, I love it. Absolutely love that. And it's so true, you know, it's 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 uh, when we say about loving yourself, sometimes people feel a bit of a resistance. It's like, oh, yes. it's so egotistic. Yeah. I don't want to love myself. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, but you've, you're just the way you've just said it. They're just perfect. So, Kimmy, how can our listeners find you? They can find me at kemineckforpill.com. So that's K-E-M-I-N-E-K-V-A-P-I-L. And actually on my website, there's a couple of free things people may be interested in. One is the first chapter of my book, Raw Beauty, The Seven Principles to Transform Your Body, Nourish Your Mind and Create the Life You Want. And also there's actually a 24-hour sort of home retreat, kind of do-it-yourself taking 24 hours to put yourself first without guilt or apology. Um, that would be some gifts that I would like to give to the listeners. Thank you so much, Kimmy, for your time, your energy. You're just amazing and I find you very inspiring and empowering. <laughs> Thank you, Catherine. I feel exactly the same about you. And I really, I do really appreciate it. And I know our listeners will love uh, listening to you and, uh, and obviously they'll um, find all the information on the show notes. So thank you once again for your time and, and energy and keep up with the amazing work and good luck with your 100-kilometre run. Thank you very much. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure, Catherine. Have a great evening. Thank you, darling. Okay, bye. That brings us to the end of the show. If you have any questions, please send us an email to jennifer at iamwomanproject.com.au or Twitter at iamwomanproject and we will get right back to you. 
If you were listening to this podcast on iTunes, please make sure you leave a review or rating about the show. We would love to hear your thoughts. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. Until next time, please take care.